This is Becca and Millhaven. Just saying, I'm Tom Becca. And I'm McGraw-Millhaven, and this might be an epic broadcast slash podcast. Because, Tom Becca, why don't you tell people the news we might be broadcasting on KTRS Radio in St. Oh, wait, Louis. Wait, 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 wait. What do you mean, might be? You told me last week we were going to be, and now you're saying we this may not air? Because no, the no, idea no, here, no. Now, here, here, here so, that, so we let people know first, okay? So uh, McGraw does the morning show on KTRS in St. Louis. I do television commentary in Omaha. And uh, McGraw says, hey, they want to start running our podcast on KTRS on Thursday nights. I said, okay, great. And uh, you said, we got to turn it into like three different segments so that they can put commercials in there. I said, oh, okay, fine, fine, you know, all that. But I thought it was a done deal. Now you're telling me that uh, we just might be on the air on KTRS on Thursday? The other thing I said to you was you couldn't use that foul-mouthed hooligan language you like to use in the podcast. Okay, so so far I have not cussed. I've not cussed or said anything that might get you in trouble with the FCC. No. Although you you keep on upsetting me like this. <laughs> well, it is it is true that last week I had a meeting with management at KTRS and they said uh-huh. that, hey, why don't we put your podcast on Thursday nights on KTRS? But as you know, radio management says something and then six years later it comes to fruition. So I'm assuming we were starting the very next podcast. So this is the very next podcast. So we hope that this will be airing on the Big 550 KTRS come this Thursday. But it might be next Thursday. But if you're listening to it, it's this Thursday. Aren't you the program director for this radio station? And as such, shouldn't you know what the hell is going on with your station? Well, I am an interesting program director. I'm a program director when John Carney says something stupid. Then I get called in and get yelled at. But for everything else, I really have no say in the matter. All right. Well, anyway, so because trust me, if I was a program director, this station would be run much better. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I, I'd believe that when I see it. Okay, so this may or may not air, but I see here's the difference, though. I mean, a podcast is much different than uh, than what you do on the radio. I mean, you know, they're just kind of. What do you mean? Kind I mean of? What do you mean? We with two people talking. That's that's talk radio. Well, yeah, but. You know, I was using words I can't use now. And we're and we're going to take a break for commercials in the middle? Well, you know, I mean, we break for commercial, but this conversation will keep on going. All right. Well, we'll see how this goes. We'll, we'll see, see how it goes. Well, look, it can't be any worse than it already is. The podcast is already, you know. But anyway, by the way, and if you're just listening to this on the, ra- on the radio and uh, you're saying, oh, geez, this sounds interesting. Uh, well, then you can go back and check all of our pre- previous podcasts. Yes. which are available on Spotify and uh, iHeart and uh, pretty much anywhere you get your uh, uh, Apple. Pretty much anywhere you get your podcasts, you can find Becca and Milhaven. just saying. Uh, and don't just look for just saying, because we, did, we didn't do any market research before we named this. And turns out there's like uh, 822,000 podcasts that have just saying in the title. So well, b- before you before you check out where the podcast is, if you're listening to this and you're saying, boy, this sounds interesting, you need to refill your medication bottle, then <laughs> then start to find out where it is on podcast websites. And this is why you are not the program director, because you don't know how to sell your shows. Oh, I'm selling it, baby. Uh, I'm geez. selling it. 
All right, so uh, do you want to start off today, or do I want to start off today? Oh, let's hear what you got on your I – mean, I got my things, but let's hear what you got. So I, I saw um, that the New York Mets signed uh, 21 – I'm sorry, 27 international baseball players from Cuba, the Dominican, Venezuela, uh, and Nicaragua. The Cardinals signed 17 international players – I think this is fantastic. I can't wait till the International Restaurant Association can start hiring their workers and the Landscaping Society of America can go down and start hiring their workers down there. And I, I mean, we should just have tryouts right there on the border of El Paso. If, this... if you can throw the ball 90 miles an hour, come on to the country. If you can't, we don't want you. Well, first of all, I can smell your sarcasm all the way uh, from here. I mean, yeah. Obviously, you're being sarcastic, but the point you make is a valid one in that in that how Congress can't get their act together to the point where they can solve some sort of immigration issues here. I mean, let's be honest. Let's be honest that the uh, they don't want to solve it. I mean, the Republicans and Democrats don't want to solve it. The Democrats had control of the House, the Senate and the White House, and they couldn't pass. They couldn't turn DACA into uh, law. They couldn't make DACA into uh, codified law. Doctor, which like 80%, 85%, 90% of the American people support giving these kids, these uh, kids that are called dreamers, who are now adults that have been educated in American schools, give these people the, uh, the security of not worrying about being deported back to a home country they don't even know. And we can't, we can't work that out. The, the, these, these people on Capitol Hill are just, they're just, well. Well, look, 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 the problem is this. The, the problem is this. The problem is that the American voter carries the water for these politicians, right? They were voted in to protect the border. And three days later, we have international baseball players signing for millions of dollars to come to America, not to play Major League Baseball. They're signed to go into the minor league system. Maybe they're good enough. Maybe they're not. They are, by definition, taking American jobs because there's going to be a kid in high school. There's going to be a kid in college who's not signed by the Cardinals or the Mets or any other baseball team because that spot is held open for an international player from Nicaragua. Oh, no, so you're, you're... The, the definition is they are taking literally American jobs away from American-born baseball players. Nobody cares. Well, because it's not they're not they're not um, programmed to be outraged by this. You know, because, hey, well, yeah, you're right. You know, hey, you got a left-handed uh, pitcher that can throw a fastball at 98 miles an hour? You know, and yes, sign him up. I want him on my team. You know, but boy, uh, you know, hire somebody to uh, who can't speak the language to uh, wash dishes at my restaurant? No, send them back to wherever they're from. I know it, it's ludicrous. We it need We need employees in this country. We still need workers. We are getting older. You know, uh, let's face it, neither you or I are spring chickens anymore, right? And, and and by the way, I don't want to get on a roof. Do you want to get on a roof? Well, look, Americans don't. Americans, American workers refuse to do landscaping jobs. These, I mean, think about think about the jobs that are open. Lands, I mean, we in, in St. Louis, we have restaurants that have signs. Sorry, we don't have enough workers. We're closing early on Tuesdays and Thursdays. Yeah. Right. So so you are limiting the ability of a restaurant to maintain, survive, and thrive because they don't have enough workers and we're not letting these people in the country. 
Not it's only that, not bonkers. only that, we are also we are also taking away taking away from what this country stands for. I mean, my goodness, the Statue of Liberty, a, a symbol of our freedom. Give us your tired, your poor, your uh, unwashed masses yearning to be free. And I'm para paraphrasing there, but it's something like that, right? I mean. These are people, for the most part. Now, granted, are there some criminals? Yes. Are there some child traffickers? Yes. Are there uh, drug dealers? Yes. But the majority of these people coming across are people that want a better life for themselves. What would it take to get you, or any of the listeners right now, what, ask yourself this question. What would it take to get you to leave your home, travel thousands of miles, to a country that you don't know the language so that you can clean toilets so that so that you can take the most disgusting jobs and the most difficult labor what would it take for you to leave your home to make that travel that travel that distance to take a, a menial labor job for no money you know yeah, yeah. and right. Well, the, wants to answer that question. Here, here's here's I, and I know there's people listening to this who are yelling at the radio or the podcast saying we love immigrants. We just want them to be legal, which is such a red herring. And it's such a lie to yourself because uh, I go back to Major League Baseball, right? Major League Baseball wants international players. So they go out and get them. They're allowed through some work visa program or whatever else to go down there and pick the workers they want. But restaurants aren't allowed to, right? All these other businesses aren't allowed to do that. Why is it that we allow Major League Baseball to go down there to bring these players into America, but we don't allow all these other businesses and all these other industries to do it? Well, yeah, that's, that's right. I mean, we're talking about menial labor jobs and that, but the same problem lies with the like computer programmers and, and doctors. And, and I mean, there are, there are people there that are educated people that we need in this country to uh, fulfill some of these jobs and they can't get in. You're right. No, it's, it's, it's ludicrous and makes absolutely no sense to me. Not to mention these people come in and they are, you know, they work hard. They all of a sudden become our customers. They buy our, they, 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 you know, they buy our houses, they rent our properties, they, buy our cars, they buy, you know, they become productive members of society and we create a bigger market for ourselves. Yeah, it's, I, it, it's look, I mean, look, it, the fact that we haven't had any immigration reform since Ronald Reagan, you're right. They don't want to fix the problem. They just want to run on it and yeah. and and vilify and, uh, you know, uh, badmouth immigrants to the point where we find ourselves, you know, just a whole mockery of the thing where we find ourselves where we we cheer, you know, immigrants who are brought in for baseball teams. But we 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 complain about the other immigrants who are waiting at the border to come and clean our homes. It, and, it while, makes and, sense. and while your comments there uh, are aimed more to the uh, uh, Republican Party, uh, don't don't leave the Democrats out of this because they had control of the White House, the Senate, the, the Congress, and they couldn't they couldn't pass any. Uh, decent legislation on this, no. right? Because it wasn't even on their wasn't even on their radar of things they wanted to accomplish, you know. And, and that to me is just, you know, what it's a sin. It's it a is sin because I, I mean, cause I, 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 I've met, I've met some of these dreamers, people that were brought here as a child that that don't even maybe not even speak the language of their native country, 
uh, you know, the, the, I know that whole the, dreamer, that whole dream, that whole dreamer thing is nuts. They've been so we, we're dying for workers. So what do we want to do? We want to kick them out of the country. We want to kick people out of the country. Yeah, it's yeah. it's so insane. It's well, it's so it's, insane. anyway anyway. But you know what? While we're on that, and then I want to talk about uh, something that uh, I want to rant about, if I may. Yes. And it's the same. It's the same sort of thing that we're talking about here about not being able to solve the problem with immigration. It's solving the problem with our debt ceiling and our national debt. Because because it seems to me that the Republicans only care about this when the Democrats are in charge. But since this may or may not be on the air, this would be what I would call in the professional radio uh, broadcasting world as a tease to get you to listen through the next commercial. Now, if you're listening on the podcast, you'll only have to wait about three or four seconds, and then we'll get right back to the podcast. But if you're listening on the radio, you'll have to go through a two or three minute commercial break to hear what I got to say about the debt ceiling and how the hypocritical Republicans are, um, you know, messing with the, basically the world economy. And that's all coming up next with Beck and Milhaven just saying the podcast and the broadcast here on uh, KTRS. Boy, way to sell KTRS. Back in a moment on the Big 550. KTRS. Oh, now you're the program director. All right. Three, two, one. We're back just seconds earlier. We <laughs> left for commercial break. If you were listening on the podcast, if you're listening on the radio, we're back in a couple minutes. Tom, I, I waited around through this long break to hear your soliloquy on the debt ceiling. Oh, soliloquy. Nice word. I Boy, that, that public school education, that New York public school education really paid off for you. Um. So anyway, I don't know why I took a shot at you like that. That, that, was, that was uncalled for. That was uncalled for. That was uncalled for. Okay, so so now the Republicans are saying we are not going to go and uh, raise the debt uh, ceiling, raise the debt limit until we get cuts in things like Social Security, Medicare, Medicaid. And what ticks me off about this, because I agree that we need to get our spending under control that we need to have uh, some form of balanced budget. I, I thoroughly agree with that. What I don't have, what I do have a problem with, or what I disagree with, is how the uh, Republicans only care about this when the Democrats are in charge. Because under Donald Trump, the, uh, the national debt, our deficit was a trillion dollars a year, and that was before COVID, all right? When the Republicans had control of the White House, the House, and the Senate, it was still a trillion dollar a year deficit before COVID. They, they they passed the tax cuts before the Congressional Budget Office could even do their study, present their study about what type, kind of an effect that was going to have. And then after they passed the tax cuts, the CBO study came out and said, oh, yeah, yeah, this is just going to add to our deficit, going to add to our, our debt. But they didn't care because they got their tax cuts. And now that the Democrats are in charge, they're upset about how much the the, the the country is spending. Give me a break. Well, um, we had a call on this um, on the show earlier in the week, and uh, I pointed out that Senator Obama voted against raising the debt ceiling when he was a senator. So both parties are guilty of playing politics with this. But let's remember when President Obama was president and the Republicans right extracted 
sequestration. Remember that? They they cut a deal to finally pass the debt ceiling, and they called for massive cuts in military spending and all this other stuff. Luckily, when they then got power and all three branches of the government, they were then able to put those spending bills back up to normal levels. So they were so in favor of cutting spending in the Obama years. But when they took took power, all those spending cuts, they put back in, which was nice of them to do that. I, so I would say, when you say when you say normal level, I would say higher level. Higher okay, level. Right, yeah, well, yeah, normal, yeah, normal meaning normal meaning higher. Normal meaning yeah. it was going up and up. But it was nice, but though. <laughs> normal should not mean higher. So in other words, if, if, if you want Republicans to to cut spending, vote for Democrats. Because that's the best way a Republicans cut spending is when Democrats are in office. It's it's insanity. Here here's my problem with this. I actually agree with you as well. Um, I'm all for cutting spending in all sorts of ways. I'm all for a more. I mean, we're spending ourselves into oblivion, and it's just been it's been on hyper since uh, Trump was in office. Democrats didn't want to spend, and our Republicans wouldn't let them spend in Obama because right that was sort of the but when Trump got into office, the spending went through the roof and the Democrats now have just con- continued on since since they owned the three levels of government. But 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 hold on a second. It's like going to dinner every night of the month, putting the dinner on a credit card. And when the credit card bill comes, you say, let's cut spending. I'm not going to let's start by not paying the credit card bill. It doesn't work that way. The yeah. House of Representatives has the power of the purse. They can stop spending in the next budgets. But Janet Yellen hasn't, that I know, any authority or any mechanism to choose which bills to pay and which bills not to pay. The whole thing, you want to blow your brains out. It makes no sense. No, I, I thoroughly agree. I thoroughly agree. And it shouldn't be this way because we're all Americans. We're all responsible for this debt. Okay? Well, you know, I mean, I'll be dead in 10 years, so I won't have to worry about it. But, uh, you know, your kids, your daughter, your, 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 you know, your grandkids, of course, you know, I mean, all these people are going to go and uh, be responsible for this. And, and nobody seems to really care about it. I mean, are, like, they, are, they, are they waiting? Are they waiting for the country to t- uh, totally implode under the weight of its debt? Is that what needs it, to happen? It's, it's like this. Uh, by the way, you might be dead in 10 years, but your career died like five years ago. Um, That's because I teamed up with you. <laughs> so it would be like if your wife had every month spent a fortune on Amazon, okay? And then at the end of the year, you're like, hmm, I don't want to pay this Amazon bill. It's my wife's. Sorry, you're on the hook for your wife's Amazon bill. You got to pay the bill or there are consequences to your actions. If you want to stop spending, stop spending. But you can't stop paying the bills. And it is insane that the American people follow these people and 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 carry the water for them. And they're just don't even understand the basics of this conversation. Oh, I got a perfect example of this. OK, uh, when I was doing talk radio under the uh, uh, Bush and the George W. Bush administration. Right. I was criticizing the deficit spending under the Bush administration. You know, the, the, you know, the Republicans and so-called wanted smaller government. The government was actually getting bigger under Bush. They were spending yeah. all this money, right? And I, I was criticizing that, right? Now, Obama comes into office. Obama comes into office, and he, quite honestly, starts spending even more than Bush was. And I'm criticizing Obama's spending. 
I'm getting calls from people saying, well, Tom, it's about time you started seeing things our way. <laughs> I mean, it, it was a, what you, I've been saying this no matter who's in office. I've been saying this, you know, but all, you know, it was only like when uh, the Democrat was in office. And, and, and that was nothing. I was, oh, people, are, you're okay. But, and I'm sure that 99% of our listeners here are okay. But some people are just so freaking stupid. Okay. I mean, it just, it just boggles. It just boggles the mind. George W. Bush was president, and I was criticizing the deficit spending. I was criticizing the uh, size of government, and people were calling my show and calling me a liberal. <laughs> well, I, well, it, well it, it, it would be funny if it wasn't so damn serious. Well, I love this. I love this now, this new prioritization plan, right, where the, you pay some bills, but not all the bills. And one of the things they floated as one of the bills they don't want to pay is border security. They ran on securing the border. And the first thing they want to do is stop paying the people who are in charge of border security. What, what, what Again, insanity. What, how people buy this stuff. Well, okay. Now, since since we're on our, by the way, if this is your first time listening, we don't always rant like this. You know, sometimes sometimes we talk about you know stuff like McGraw's daughter. Maybe we'll get to that a little bit later on. But you know, or, or talk about you know his cousin that wrote uh, uh, Prince Harry's book and stuff like that. So we'll get to some other stuff in a minute or two. But while I'm on this rant, okay, while I'm on this rant, uh, you, you talk about securing the border. People say, well, we can't pass DACA until we secure the border. Okay, let's go and say, that. let's admit that no matter what, no matter what, we're going to have some people get across. What is an acceptable number for you to say that the border is secure? Because it's never going to be zero. It's just, it's just humanly possible to say that it's going to be zero. So what is the number for you to say that the border is secure? Find a politician that will answer that. Because they won't. They won't. Well, we, we need to secure the border. Okay, what does that really mean? Because even if you build the wall, they're going to climb over the wall. Okay, so what does it mean to secure the border? What is what is the acceptable number of illegal immigrants coming across the border? Well, they're gonna they're gonna climb over. They're gonna tunnel under. They're gonna fly over. Um, you you brought up a great line: "Walls don't work." Because if walls didn't, if walls worked, drugs wouldn't be in prisons. Well, that's one of the right? brilliant I mean, things that I have said over the years. Yes, right. I mean, that's I was like, whoa, yeah. that really makes a lot of sense, right? Wall, yeah. Walls, walls keep out people who want to stay out anyway. But if you really want to get in, right? I have there. I mean, <laughs> how many cars are, are being stolen? Right? I mean, all the cars have locks on them. You need a key to get into the car. But yeah, look at all the cars being stolen. Yeah, yeah. I mean, that's it. Yeah, I mean, yeah. You can protect your house. You can get security cameras, and you can lock your doors. But that doesn't mean that somebody still might not break into your house. Yeah. And and the same thing here with this. So, so what is that number? What is that acceptable number? And they never want to tell you because they yeah, can't no. tell you because they don't want to solve the problem. They don't want to try to fix it. And and it just it's maddening. No, my, blood, my blood pressure. My blood pressure is going. It's it's, it's maddening. Just, and the and the people who vote, you know, the people who don't vote probably, you know, it's it's the whole the whole the whole thing. I know you're we're in a you're we're a couple of news stories that got us cranky and everything else because. I mean, I can't believe the American people are going to buy this debt ceiling story again. And, you know, you're playing Russian roulette with the world's economy. 
and this is a manufactured problem. We have our own. Yeah. We have real problems that we should solve. We we shouldn't be making up problems. Well, but, but hey, here's the good news. Santos is on some committees now, so they'll he'll be able to solve these problems. That guy. <laughs> uh, I don't. You know, I don't think I don't think Kevin McCarthy survives this debt ceiling thing, because there are enough House members to vote to raise the the debt ceiling, right? If you get the Democrats and a couple of moderate uh, Republicans, you have enough. But he's he's not going to. Or I mean, his if if he somehow turns his back on the crazies, they can vote him out of office. But here's a th- here's the thing, though, is that if you take a look at the members that are on the Freedom Caucus versus the members that are on the uh, what's it called the, the Governor's Board or whatever it's called, the the moderate Republicans, the moderate Republicans outnumber the the Freedom Caucus, but they can't get their act together to, you know, maybe bring a few Democrats over to control the Congress. I mean, well, but no, but but that's the that's exactly right. It, it's it's these five six people control the House of Representatives, and they're the ones who want to you know throw us off the edge of the of the, of the financial cliff. And so, what do you what do you do? Do you, if you're Kevin McCarthy, do you go and get Democrats to vote to raise the debt ceiling? thus upsetting the five or six people who can throw you out of office. So yeah. this is this is this is why that debt this is why the speakership was such an interesting exercise because the first one out of the gate is going to be this 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 debt ceiling that they're going to need democrats for and if he turns and gets democrats, you know, it it's an it's an interesting amoeba he has to. Deal I really with. wish, and I know I'm, I know I'm just pipe dreaming here. I know that this is never going to happen anymore. I really wish that people would look at themselves as Americans first and Republicans and Democrats second. You know, I mean, I I did a commentary uh, earlier this week about uh, the uh, the the Biden top secret documents and the Trump top, top secret documents, right? Yeah. And while I did mention, I thought that, uh, you know, the, the Trump top secret documents were it was more of a heinous act because, you know, he wasn't giving them over when uh, they asked for them. And, you know, he took those documents knowing I thought also felt that, you know, but, you know, my God, Biden, uh, you know, how do you not how, how do you not know you've got all this confidential information? How do you not know that? You know, just like, oh, shoot, I, I mean, I got that in my garage. I mean, I understand. Look, I I've gone through uh, the garage or gone through the basement and found, you know, maybe a, a hammer I didn't know I had, right? <laughs> but I guarantee you, if I knew I had top secret confidential documents, I wouldn't know where they are, you know. And, and, and so, I, but so I criticized both Biden and Trump. Although I did say that Trump, I thought, was uh, the uh, the more egregious act because of the way that it was handled. But then I, you know, but then I get all this blowback from the Republicans who don't acknowledge the fact that I also said, you know, let's kick both Biden and Trump to the curb. Both the Republicans and Democrats have got better people, better candidates to run. Let's kick them both to the curb and move forward. And boy, nobody wants to do that. Well, I I, I mean, every all the Democrats are turning themselves into a pretzel. Trying Every time they're asked about it, they immediately go to, oh, these are different stories. Yeah, they're different stories. There are differences to the stories, but there are also similarities to the stories. And the similarities are, what in the world are you doing with classified documents not in a secure location? That Why does that keep happening? And Biden's administration, in some ways, 
should be criticized more because they were supposed to be smarter. They were supposed to be the adults in the room. You found out about this in November and you don't find we don't find out about it till CBS, that liberal woke news organization broke the story on on Biden. And then then we find out three days later, you found more. Then we find out three days later, there's even more. Biden's yeah. administration came in saying they we were going to be better than this and they're not. And they this is unforced errors for no reason. And the Biden administration looks just just looks buffoonish by this whole story. I no, I agree with you on that. I agree with you on that. In some ways, I think that it is. It is more. Uh, uh, I mean, at least Trump Trump knew that. Uh, uh, you know, he had those documents. Trump said those documents were his. Trump wanted those documents and, and all that, right? And so at least he was on top of it. Biden, uh, I don't know. Give me confidential detail, confidential stuff. Uh, I don't know. Let's, let's just put it somewhere. I, I will say this, that I really honestly think that this puts Merrick Garland in a situation where it's just so hard to see him charge Trump with this. I know it's different stories. But just politically, how hard it is for him to charge Trump with this document stuff and and not Biden. And also, I think this goes a long way. I've even heard Democrats say this, that, hey, this might be the thing that makes Joe Biden not run for reelection. Yeah. And that this this might be the thing that just look, the, the a Republican machine, once it kicks into gear, I mean, this is going to be Hillary's emails at nauseum and forget the fact that their own guy had the same problem, right? It's going to be all about Joe Biden and the secret documents, and it's going to wear him down, and he's going to be saddled with this through the entire election. Just drop out now. Well, I, I think that the, the person that was in charge of handling Joe Biden's confidential information is the same person that was uh, responsible for uh, getting Hunter Biden's laptop repaired. Uh <laughs> Well, do you remember? Do you remember the uh, when when uh, Loretta Lynch, the Attorney General, went in the tarmac and said hi to President Clinton, right yeah, in right. the tarmac in Arizona, and that was apoplectic, and she had to re- recuse herself from the emails scandal because she's tainted, right? And then you had Donald Trump saying, "If my Attorney General charges me, he's a fraud." And I mean, he was just out and out, out and out, just well, calling out his Attorney Generals and calling right. That was okay. But heaven forbid the attorney general during the Obama years talked with Bill Clinton. Well, that's where we got to get back to thinking about ourselves as Americans first, Republicans and Democrats second, because because uh, the way the Republicans now are want to investigate all of Biden's stuff and have no interest in the, in the January 6th insurrection, investigating that. You know, I mean, it, it's just hypocritical. No, it's crazy. Yeah, it's hypocritical and crazy. And and uh, that's why I drink. Uh, Do we have to hey, break? Can we break? I was going to say, it's time for another break. Now, if you're on the podcast, we'll be right back in about three or four seconds. If you're listening on the radio, we'll be back after we hear from, I don't know, who's, who's advertising on this? Johnny Lawton of Chevrolet, who's, who's advertising on this? I don't know, but do you have to say that every single time we go to a break? Yeah, because somebody might be listening on the radio and not know what the hell's going on. This is our inaugural podcast slash radio show. We've gone big time. We've taken the podcast to KTRS Radio on Thursday nights. We think we have. We think we have. You're not entirely sure if this is going to air or not. (laughs) We're not entirely sure, but don't curse just in case. Back in a moment. We're sponsored by Johnny Londo Chevrolet on the Big Five. Are we really now? I don't know. Sure. I am in the morning. (laughs) (laughs) He's too smart to sponsor this in the evening. (laughs) It all starts at Londoff.com. Back in a moment on KTRS. Three, Three, two, two, one.
That's Tom Becker. I'm McGraw-Millhaven, and this could be our inaugural podcast on the radio. <laughs> but the podcast has been going on for, we've been doing this for about, what, like four or five months now or so? Really? I don't know. We've been doing it for a while. And yeah. uh, and uh, with um, word of mouth and that, uh, the numbers are growing, and we appreciate that. But the numbers I, are, believe it or not. Yeah, we're, we're getting yeah. quite a number of uh, hits. So. And by the way, but, by the way, if you're just tuning in on the radio, uh, you can uh, hear this podcast just uh, wherever you get your podcast. Look for Becca and Millhaven. Just saying. Wherever and, uh, great podcasts are sold. You can hear the first first half hour of us ranting on stuff. Now, um, so, okay, so let's now, let's, uh, this this actually is not how most of our podcasts have gone. Yeah, they're actually interesting. Well, not that this was interesting, but it was like two, it was almost like, like just two old guys at the coffee shop bitching about the government. That sounds like a great podcast. I want to listen to that podcast. Well, you have been listening to it. <laughs> <laughs> have you not been paying attention? Let me ask you this, this question: How many uh, how many Amazon packages do you average a week? Oh, a week, uh, hardly any. But funny you say that because I'm, I'm placing an order today. <laughs> uh, maybe it's me because I have a two and a half year old. But I am just living on Amazon. Every time I need something, instead of going to the store. I just go to Amazon and get it because you, you go to the store and they kind of have it. They kind of don't have it. They only have one type and it's just so much easier to go to I, Amazon and, and, you know, pick, have, have a better selection. I still like going to the store. I still like, you know, going, getting out and, um, you know, uh, being around people and stuff. But uh, there's some things that you look for that just instead of driving all over town looking for it. Uh, just, right. just get yeah. online and, and bring in. The, um, other morning, the, the other morning, I was going to the bathroom, and I noticed I was running low on toilet paper. That might be too much information. I went on my phone and ordered toilet paper from Amazon, and it was delivered before the sun came up the next morning. <laughs> and it was delivered before I got on the toilet. <laughs> <laughs> and I heard a knock on the door, and I opened up the door to the bathroom, and there was the toilet guy. There's, there was the, the Amazon guy. guy with a, did you order this, sir? What besides okay besides toilet paper? What what is like the most unique thing that you've ordered on Amazon? Um, hmm. Unique thing. Um, uh, I mean, I've done Christmas presents. I've done like uh, I bought some lighted mirrors, some like LED lighted mirrors on there. Uh, I just bought some recently. I bought you know the the um, the the uh, you screw in a light bulb. Do you know that that socket? You know the socket you screw in a light bulb? Yeah. There's an adapter where you can turn that into a plug. So you screw the adapter like a, like a light bulb into the socket. And on the other end is an outlet for a plug. Right. So I don't know what you call that. I bought that on Amazon. That was like $4. <laughs> Yeah, $4, $4 of course, $3 of that was all the gas, the packaging yeah, I... <laughs> and uh, yeah, the the uh, labor costs. But um, uh, I, I think my, my most unique thing is uh, mustard. Uh, Cleveland Stadium is that, by the way, if, if you're, if you like mustard, check out the Cleveland Stadium mustard. It's delicious. Is, it's... is that a name brand or are you saying the Galaxy Stadium in Cleveland? Uh, stadium mustard. So just our stadium mustard. There's actually two. There's two stadium mustards. They're similar but different. In that one was like the original one, but then another mustard company like got the got the franchise from the stadium. So the one that is like uh, 
the one that says like the original stadium mustard is the one that I grew up on. And now there's another stadium mustard that they have the stadium now, which is good. It's just not uh, the same. So either one of them is good though. But uh, that's that's probably the most unique. And, thing and it's it, it's called Stadium Mustard. Stadium Mustard. Do a Google search for Stadium Mustard, and uh, they will they will send you they will send you a package with mustard. Now, when you were a kid, did it come in a little pack? Oh, when, when I was a kid, we couldn't afford stadium, stadium Mustard. No, no, no. When, had, no when I was a kid, when I was a kid, uh, Stadium Mustard was a treat when I got to go to a ball game, you know, and uh, Dad would buy me a hot dog at the ball game. Uh, no, we never would have stadium mustard in the house. We had we had the generic French uh, yellow that French yellow is... turd mustard. You know that's what. We yeah, had. but but no, but at the stadium, did it come in a little packet? No, 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 no. But this you, is, you, I'm old. I'm the... old. You know. Uh, so we had we had the guys. We had the vendors with the uh, the big old uh, trunk. Yeah. Uh, you know, uh, walking up and down the aisles. Yeah. And then when you would order it, you'd order yeah yeah give me a give me a dog with the mustard, and he had took out the uh, you know the. The little squirrel oh. bottle and yeah. oh okay because yeah. at Shea because at Shea in the seventies and eighties you'd get a hot dog, and you would get a Goulden's mustard, um, packet, and show you talk about brand loyalty. I still buy Goulden's mustard because it reminds me of when my father bought me a hot dog at Shea Stadium in nineteen seventy five. And then if only you had had the stadium mustard, you would have realized how much you were <laughs> your childhood was ripped off. And that just goes to show you why my father should be brought up on child abuse charges. You bring up an interesting point though. Isn't it amazing? Because I I too, I too have you know connections to my father and hot dog mustard, you know? And which by the way, this uh, mustard goes great on like ham sandwiches and uh so many other items, you know, even bratwurst. You don't need to just put it on. Um, hot dogs, but 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 I do have a, 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 a sentimental connection with mustard because of my dad taking me to a Cleveland Indians baseball games when I was a kid. That's why I'm I'm of all the things I'm freaking out over with my daughter, the right time to take her to a ball game so that she remembers that and that years from now she has to spend thousands and thousands of dollars on therapy talking about how her father took her to the game and she wasn't happy about it. But I, I want do, her to remember it. I do think you need to wait until she's begging you to take her to the game. I agree. I agree. I think, I think you need to wait until she's begging you to take her to the game uh, so that, uh, you know, it's a big deal. Because I remember, I remember the first time, and by the way, we're only about what? Probably about uh, four weeks or so, three, four weeks until pitchers and catchers report. I know it's I know it's a Super Bowl and NFL playoffs and all that, but I'm a baseball guy. Anyway, I I, I will never forget the the time my dad finally took me to a Cleveland Indians game, and just how green that grass was and how oh the, the smell the smell of the stadium and and, and that uh you know because it was just this old stadium where they had you know guys smoking cigars in the stadium and so it had that aroma of you know and it was just I, I can still. Smell it. I can still sense it. I don't know. I I I I agree with you. It, it's it's one of those iconic moments. I mean, it's amazing how you remember where you were, how you were. Now, I mean, now kids today they're gonna they be like, you know what? The grass is greener on our eight K seventy five inch TV. Why is it so dull in real life? Yeah, really. Like, yeah. You know, watching on a twenty two inch Trinitron. Um, that you got from Sears just doesn't compare to, 
you know, walking into the stadium for the first time. Now, now, okay, so now you and I both have stadium mustard memories, right? What is what is the thing? Now you're going to be taking your daughter, uh, who's what two now? She's two? two, two and a half, yeah, two and a half. You'll be taking your daughter to uh, to Bush Stadium, uh, to see the Cardinals, and all I can think about that is you go to a Cardinals game, it's Budweiser beer, okay? Yeah. So obviously you can't give your kid Budweiser beer. So what is what I can is, give her a sip? I can give her a sip. Did you ever, you do that did you ever... in a stadium. Somebody sees you, they, they 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 record it on their phone. Next thing you know, you got child protective services knocking on your door. No, did you you never took a sip of beer from your dad's beer. Oh, big time, big time. But it wasn't in a it wasn't in a ballpark stadium. It was in my grandfather's backyard. Not oh, okay. That's where you're allowed to do. I take it. a okay. sip of my dad's beer. I took a sip of my grandfather's beer. A sip of my uncle, not my uncle Jack's beer, my uncle Paul's beer. A sip of all my uncle's beers. You know, with none of them knowing that I was going from beer to beer, you know, uh, even at, yeah, even at uh, the <laughs> tender age of six. <laughs> All I know is I you take a swig of their beer and then you would belch and that would be the funniest thing in the world. Oh, well, that was, and, and it was okay. It was okay for me to have a, just a, just a sip, just a sip, Tom, a beer. But boy, if uh, they were drinking cocktails, no, no, you can't have this. <laughs> you can't have a cocktail. But yeah, but a beer, a beer's okay. Well, uh, but now you see, but I'm 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 a I'm of Czech descent. My uh my great grandparents all came over, uh on the boat. My uh my both my mom and my dad's uh, you know were raised in a Czech neighborhood, so they're in Cleveland, and so beer was a big part of it. You know, I mean, you go, you've been to you've been to Prague, you've been to uh, the Czech Republic. You know how much beer is a part of the culture there. And as a kid growing up, uh, being around all these uh. Americanized Czech uh, people. It was Czechoslovakia back then. Being around all these Americanized Czechoslovakian people. Yeah, yeah, have a beer. That was all part of it. You were probably all upset because you were from Czechoslovakia, so you had, you had to drown your sorrows in all that beer. <laughs> hey, hey, hey. You've been in the Czech Republic. You know how beautiful that place is. Oh, I've been to the Czech Republic with you. I know. I know. That was a good trip. Where I, was, um, where I was on the stage singing Slanyanika Dozali with a bunch of Czech musicians. I don't remember that part. I might have had too much Czech beer to remember that. Oh, that was that was at that that was at that uh, that dinner that we went to that folk dinner. Oh yeah, they, yeah, yeah. Where they had yeah, yeah, the, yeah. the wine like in this. The it was weirdest in a boda bag or something. Yeah, it was the weirdest damn thing. And it like came out of a chute or something. Yeah, came out of like a tube. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That was yeah, a, was, that was a weird thing. But uh, yeah. all right, are are we done on time? Or how are we doing? We're, we're we're pretty damn close, I guess. You know, I don't know. I mean, you know, this is, you know, you're the one that's uh, the uh, uh, well, I know, but you, you were the keeper. You were the keeper of the clock. I think we're good, right? We're supposed to go between forty and forty-five minutes of of great content. Right so now, think... we're right now we're at forty-two minutes and forty-eight seconds. Yeah, so we can we can wrap up any time, baby. Oh, okay, fine. We can wrap up any time that may or may not air. What okay? So what will we know definitively if this is going to be on the radio? Check in Thursday at eight o'clock to see if we're actually on the air. Thursday nine o'clock. Thursday uh, nine o'clock. Anyway, uh, better better yet, just go online. Let's. Check out- what is your TV pick for the week? My TV pick for the week. I didn't even think about this. Um, I, I was just looking. I'm still waiting to see when Marvelous Mrs. Maisel comes back for its final season. I'm still waiting. Yeah, that's that. a good one. Uh, my pick of the week is, have you seen The White Lotus season no. one or two? I just finished watching White Lotus 2 on HBO. Um, it is very, very risque. 
I mean, don't watch it with your grandmother. Because there are a couple of scenes where you're like, whoa, hold on. A oh, second. no, my, grandma, my grandmother got into porn. No, my grandma was into it. It's not porn. It's not porn, but it's a little risque. Well, then my grandmother won't, won't, won't like right. it. But White Lotus, the second season, is actually pretty good. It's actually pretty, pretty good. Which one of, which one of the uh, uh, streaming services is it? It's uh, HBO. HBO. I don't HBO. have HBO. White Lotus. Um, they got some they, they got some sexy girls in there. Um but it's pretty good. And by the way, maybe we'll get into this uh, next week. In that, you know, you mentioned that's on the HBO streaming service. I don't have that one. So, which I think is one of the reasons why America is so divided. Because we no longer have the TV shows that unify us like we used to have. And we'll talk about that next week on Becca and Millhaven. Just saying. On the Big 550 and where all podcasts are sold, check us out. We'll see you next week on the Big 550. KTRS. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. A Huda Media Production.